everybody? Mike Zardex here. Back at it again to give you another very exciting podcast episode. That being my Zardex episode 32. Man, oh man, it's been a week. I mean, gosh, by golly. I mean, you know, with the usual time around May or so, uh, you start having graduations pop up for either friends or family or anybody else in between, though. But Oh goodness. Yeah, I got I got a couple I got a couple of twin siblings graduating here soon and I, I've just been running and scrambling. And I'm kinda glad that in terms of my content, I kinda laid out some stuff with some future release dates that are just gonna, you know, just be released on a certain time automatically. So at least I got that all planned out though. But yeah, so outside of my busy um, life, I hope everybody else has been having a uh just an average okay week or it could be a super fun you know fabulous or a week or whatever though but in terms of the news and stuff that i had to talk about here in this podcast episode um tonight a decent little bit of interesting stuff has happened something that was actually pretty major that i was like i kind of wasn't expecting but it's not nearly as bad as what i possibly could have thought so just like a quick little summary uh we got to talk about um we got to talk about some Marvel stuff. We know that the new Doctor Strange movie came out. We know that um, Moon Knight actually managed to finish up. And then the Mario movie, unfortunately, got delayed. We got to talk about Reggie's new book. Then in the gaming news, we have some Sonic Prime news that quickly go over. Not too much was shown, but I just wanted to get my quick thoughts on it. Uh, got the first confirmation of Xbox and the Bethesda game showcase, which means we know some stuff that normally will come out in that E3 week. That also ties into the, the Game Fest um summer game fest being announced and we know some of the stuff and actually some of the uh the studios and publishers or i guess companies that will be present in it and then also the big major news that happened within the past couple of weeks uh square enix actually got bought well not the whole company but just part of them so yeah so quite a bit of stuff to go through and talk about tonight though so we better go ahead and hit the ground running though so without any further ado let's go ahead and jump straight up into that pop culture segment All right, so starting right off, um, we, we got to talk about this because uh, apparently Elon Musk bought out all of Twitter. Like, I think he bought, like, the vast majority of the shares within the company. So then that way he was able to actually just buy out Twitter outright. I mean, yes, I know this dude's a billionaire, but, like, come on, man. I'm like, like, like why in the world? I feel like there's better ways that you could have probably spent your money's worth. I, I, did Twitter really need to get bought? Probably not. I, I don't know, though. To be honest, though, I did not even know this dude at all. Like, I didn't know this. For him to be a billionaire, I, I, I mean, I know, like, Bill Gates and whatnot, though, but I, I, I didn't know this dude at all and it was kind of weird how twitter was kind of blowing up or whatever though so i just kind of have to mention it because not every day someone goes out there and basically buys a major social media outlet or at least with me twitter is like my main social media i mainly use i use a little bit of facebook but primarily i always use twitter though so it was kind of weird kind of seeing this stuff um play out though but i mean come on dude they're, they're, i mean put some of that money towards charity i mean come on man like literally four hundred and forty billion dollars like oh my gosh if, even if i had a billion I, I can i can tell you how much stuff i could possibly do that but 44 billion bruh all right i, I better move on because i mean th 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 gosh by golly that, that's just crazy all right moving on to the next thing though we did get the release for dr strange and the multiverse of madness now normally Y'all know me. I'm a huge Marvel fan. I would normally go in and watch this thing on day one. Unfortunately, 
what I was telling y'all about a little bit earlier with some of the, the craziness with graduations and stuff coming up. And my family was really insistent on, hey, let's just gather everybody together and let's watch this movie together. But you're going to have to be patient, wait a week and a half. I was like, all right, I guess so. And I had to been kind of staying away from spoilers and everything like that. Because I, I can just tell the general perception of this movie is great. I know it's great. I know there's probably something crazy within the post credit scene. And I don't know what the heck has happened up in it yet. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Even Marvel Studios is very good because even in their Twitter account, they disabled all comments um, from any of their most recent tweets until I think Monday. Because I know some people probably check their comment sections, not even normally, just kind of give it a second thought about it. And then, you know, they might get spoiled or whatever, though. And I, I was like, sometimes I have to actually catch myself because sometimes I honestly kind of want to do that myself, though. So I was like, oh, good gracious, though. But anyway, though, I know this has been good. If you have seen the movie, let me know without kind of spoiling it if it was like mediocre great or just phenomenal because i feel like out of all the marvel movies we gotten so far this might be at the top cream of the crop kind of up there were probably spider-man uh no way home i have a strong sneaking suspicion though but yeah though so i think i'll probably watch this movie not this week but probably sometime next week maybe next tuesday is probably when i'm gonna see it and obviously whenever i do watch it i will give my review out for it though so yeah so i am really looking forward to it though but that's all i can basically say for dr strange though but whenever i do you can expect to see that review some point in the future though now that's not the only marvel thing i kind of wanted to talk about though because we did also manage to get the finale with it like last wednesday was the finale for moon knight as well and i went through and watched the whole series on that been watching that weekly and gosh by golly that ending though it almost made me scratch my head until i saw the, the post credit scene i won't say what it is though but that kind of made sense for how that finale ended for moon knight though so honestly that was a really great series i really enjoyed every step of the way up on it though i do need to sit down i did an original video for it for like my first episode kind of impressions kind of review for it and now that the series is over with i gotta talk now sit down and talk about all the spoilers and everything else in between it though i won't be able to probably record that this week because i'm having a little bit busy but maybe i might be able to record it next week and then i'll kind of keep y'all updated on when i potentially might drop it uh you keep an eye on my twitter i might give you a little bit of a tease whenever i might be getting close to finishing that video and being able to drop it on the channel though but yeah so yeah so we so we got that out of the way dr strangers out there We've just finished up Moon Knight. The next newest thing for the MCU that we have up on the docket is Miss Marvel. That's literally going to be a month from now. That's going to be premiering out on Disney Plus, though. So quite a bit of Marvel stuff that we had just finished up, just released, and what will be right around the corner. So this is a pretty good time to be a Marvel fan in general, though. But that's like a short little bit of a Marvel update that I have for all of y'all right now, though. So yeah, so that's all I have on that. Now let's go ahead and move over to a little bit more unfortunate news but with another movie because we do know that the super Mario movie was scheduled to drop December of this year, December, 2022. Unfortunately, that's not going to be the case no more because they unfortunately had to delay it to April 7th. We saw Miyamoto actually made a tweet off of Nintendo America's account, or I guess it's technically probably all of the Nintendo accounts on Twitter, whatever though, Facebook, yada, yada, yada. And they said that he he was talking to some of the people at Illumination and they said, you know what, we're just going to have to push this movie back because we know here in North America, we're going to get it first. 
And then I think even in Japan, it's like it's like a little late, like a month or so later or whatever. Though, so unfortunately, we are gonna have to wait just a little bit longer with this. But hopefully, here's hoping that we actually manage to get a, get a good look at the movie here fairly soon. E3 will probably be the soonest we might be able to get it. And if not, then maybe it'll be around the fall direct or something like that. Because I think there's a decent chance that we might get it there. Or slash they could pull it like the Sonic 2 movie and probably give us another look at it. Or I hope that's not the first look by the time we get down to December or whatever, though. But I'm, I'm thinking that they could very well showcase it off at the, the Game Awards, like how they did with the Sonic 2 movie, though. So at the latest, I'm pretty sure that would be the latest. We'll see any first footage of it, though. Hopefully around the fall, right, we kind of get something for it, though. So it is unfortunate. Is this the second time this movie got delayed? Kind of feel like it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's, we just know that this movie has been in the works for a long time, though. But hopefully, here's hoping some good work is going up into the movie, though, in terms of the plot, CGI, the voice actors, the whole nine yards with it. Because man, you can't you can't forget Jack Black as Bowser. Like that's gonna carry the whole freaking show. I, I ain't gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it real with y'all. Jack Black as Bowser. Oh, man, this is a killer all-star list. I don't care what the heck happens in this movie. This movie's going to be great. Would it be great or kind of bad? Whatever, though. Oh, shoot. Oh, I'm still looking forward to this movie regardless, though. But that's all I have in terms of the updates for the Super Mario movie. Now, in terms of one of the last, but yet one of the biggest pop culture segments that I had up here on the docket for tonight is that we did get Reggie's releasing his new book called Disrupting the Game. This was a book that I actually normally I can't say when the last time I probably actually bought a book out for myself, but I actually bought it not once, but technically twice, because not only did I buy a hardback cover just to kind of sit next to that Iwata book that they released out like a couple of years ago or something like that, but I also managed to get a um, an audio book because the audio book is a little interesting because actually with the audio book. Reggie himself is the actual narrator for the audio book, which is kind of unique. Like you normally don't get the author actually reading their own book. So that is something that I actually greatly appreciate with Reggie himself, though. So honestly, with me having the audio book, I was able to start reading this book at the launch day, which I think was like early May or whatever, though. I started um, listening to the book that way. And then... You know, I think the book just recently came in like a day or two ago, but at least with the audiobook, it's just kind of nice hearing Reggie's voice and stuff like that. So I've been having a good fun time with it. Now, um, here's a few of my thoughts with it real quick, because I think I'm right around chapter six or seven. I think the last time that I um, checked up on it, though. But here's some thoughts, and here's a story that I kind of want to tell from the book. Because, I mean, you, we've been seeing some reports of, like, from Nintendo everything and stuff like that on Twitter, reporting on some of the gaming-related stuff, like stuff about the Wii or stuff about the 3DS or stuff about the Switch and whatnot, though. So most of that stuff is kind of out there, and you can kind of do the little bit of research. It's out there where it's easily accessible to kind of see what he had to say on certain topics, though. But some things you're not going to necessarily see on face value, at least not publicized from like a um, from like a news outlet or anything like that, though. And that's kind of the stuff I want to kind of share with y'all, because we know that Reggie, you know, had a really close bond with Awada 
um, back before his passing and whatnot, though. And I believe it was like roughly around every January or so. They always would say, hey, you know what? Um, we're going to have like our conference and they kind of bring in all the big heads and stuff like that, including Reggie and stuff like that. to kind of talk about Nintendo, uh, where they're going to be going within the next year or whatever, though. Some like top class stuff or whatever, though, that they have to talk about from a business point perspective. So normally, Reggie and the rest of the crew and whatever, though, will always go there to Kyoto, Japan, you know, every January or whatever, though. However, it was like a few months after that. I think in the month of March, I think he said March or April, somewhere in that springtime, um, he got a phone call from Awada saying, hey, come meet me back there. And then Reggie was like, hey, um, that's actually the kind of the, the week that you're kind of sitting there for. Um, that's the weekend or whatever that I was going to plan to celebrate my birthday with my wife. But no, Wada was like pretty strict and firm. I was like, no, I need you to be here um, ASAP on that date or whatever, though. So Reggie's like, all right, got to do my job or whatever. Though. He heads over there to Kyoto, Japan, heads all the way over there. And tip, and I think typically with um, with their work schedule like over there in Japan, it's interesting because you know how, like, how we had like bells or something like that or like bells or alarms or whatever when you were like in high school or junior high or whatever that lets you know like class period changes. They had like chimes that go off, basically starting the work week off or work day, should I say, starting the work day off. And then, you know, letting you know when lunch is about to begin slash end. And then I think whenever you're about to go home or whatever, though, that's just the typical norm over there in Japan. Normally, their work day would kind of start at around like nine ish or something like that or whatever, though. Um, but they actually were scheduled to kind of meet there early, like around like 830 or something. Is it 830 or 730? I'm pretty sure it was 830. But anyway, though, so a, a little bit earlier than what they would normally start their traditional work day, though. So Reggie was like, what the heck? So anyway, though, so they they go over there and whatnot, though. And then by the time he finally manages to meet up with Iwata, um, he was like, the first thing that he told him was, my cancer is back. Literally, you think somebody like Iwata would start off with the business of why he actually did that there? But now that was part of the reason that the trip was he could have easily told him about that over the phone, but the fact that the fact that he had that much respect for Reggie and kind of want to tell him something that personal face to face is really interesting. And I was like, what the actual heck? And then obviously after that, then they kind of went into the business related kind of things. They actually allowed Reggie to kind of see some of the games that were actually being developed at the time, right before the switch was about to launch, even got to play a little bit of the games and got to actually hear some of his personal feedback. Cause I felt like probably out of all of the, presidents that we had over here representing the nintendo of america branch in terms of um because we know that that's like the biggest region for nintendo in terms of like their sales and software and all of that stuff i feel like reggie probably had the closest and probably the biggest impact out of probably all the past presidents and whatever though so it was just really interesting kind of seeing that bond between him and there. I won't kind of give away everything because, I mean, you got to learn some of the stuff out of the books itself, though. But that is a little interesting. And also the fact that whenever he was doing his treatments in the hospital, literally nobody, and I mean nobody, ever went up to Iwata. Well, I think some people asked, but nobody was successful in actually managing to give Iwata a visit while he was in the hospital. Reggie insisted upon this several times over like i think he said like maybe five six maybe closer to seven times and then eventually iwata gave in when he gave in then other people from his work office actually came and visited him so it was crazy to think how high you're up as a ceo of nintendo and technically reggie was the first one to actually manage to convince him somebody completely overseas to be able to say hey can i come see you not as business because they were really strict and firm about you know, with 
um, in terms of, you know, the ways how Japan kind of treats things, they don't like people kind of visiting other people in hospitals if it was like business related, but more so personal related. And Reggie actually managed to get that big, strong push for it, though. That's just something I kind of admire about Reggie and how he's kind of he has like a different kind of shape or whatever, though. And the last little bit I will say about the book, and I'll leave the rest up to y'all, unless I find something else kind of interesting out of the book, though, is that he was born and raised in the Bronx. And you would think somebody as high as him who managed to kind of work at uh, the CEO of Nintendo as well as managed to have like strong influential um, pull and stuff in terms of other companies he works with, with like Pizza Hut. And I think he even met, um, messed with, um, what was it? That one was like a Chinese restaurant. Um Panda Express. He, had, um, he, he also worked with them. And then a couple other ones, I'm just not thinking off of the top of my head. You think to get up to like a high pristine like that, prestige like that you wouldn't think that that person originally came from the bronx and his family actually originated originally in haiti so to think that he he rose up from the bronx and i think in literally one of his stories he said how there was like one time there was walking out of his apartment building or what or not apartment whatever they were i think there was an apartment building wherever they were residing at in the bronx there was like a pool of blood or whatever. There's like small little drops or whatever, though, and like a big old pool at towards the very bottom, whatever, though. Like you can just kind of tell that the neighborhood he was originally brought up in was just a bad one. But thankfully, his parents managed to save up money, move him to a different, um, move him to a different side of town or whatever, though, and then also managed to save up just enough to where they can get them a good education. And from there, Reggie kind of put things in his own hands. Like it's just interesting to see where he came from and how he is right now. And he's giving some very cool insight of not just like how to treat things within the business world but also you can apply all of this stuff down to the personal um to your personal lives as well though so yeah so that's all i'm gonna say about reggie's book that's just kind of some of the intro stuff you saw within like the first few chapters or so and then if i find anything else kind of interesting that something that's not like have been heavily publicized yet already then i'll i'll let y'all know probably within like a future zarcast episode or something like that on the side though but yeah so honestly really nice really good book if you hadn't already done so i highly recommend checking out that book because there's a lot of cool um not just the gaming side of things but also on the business side as well as the personalized stories that reggie's is telling up in there now i mean you're able to buy the hardback book from like amazon and stuff like that or you're able to buy the audio book from like the google play store or i think probably apple as well though i mean once again reggie is uh, reading over his own book so if you like hearing reggie's voice i will highly recommend that as well though but yeah so that's pretty much all that i have in terms of all of the pop culture segment news that i have for y'all tonight so we'll go ahead and transition over to the next little bit of news that being what's in the gaming news So starting things off, we got a new look for Sonic Prime. And it wasn't anything that was like drastically like brand spanking new or anything of that nature, though. But I will say this, we did get the first little bit of like a little bit of animation and we got to see the brand new voice actor for Sonic as well. And honestly, I'm trying to remember what's the dude's name off the top of my head. I can't. Oh, I got to pull it back up on Twitter because I can't remember his exact, exact name, though. But I think he's like one of the he's not the first, 
but I think he's like one of the very few, like either two or three um, voice actors for Sonic that is actually a black person, which is actually kind of interesting because I felt like, at least for the voice, I almost kind of felt like it was the original person voicing him. And I was like, wait a minute. But then I looked and did the research and I was like, oh, that's actually a different person voicing him. But he seemed like he he's kind of pretty spot on. And no, before anybody else got worried, he's not permanently replacing the original dude that's at least currently doing him, doing Sonic's voice for all of the games and stuff they're currently doing at the moment. No, that's it's just him kind of filling in the role for the Sonic Prime stuff. So yeah, so it is kind of interesting how we got in a brand new <clears throat> a brand new voice actor for Sonic and being able to voice him like that. It actually is kind of pretty cool. And, you know, I, I always like a little bit of diversity. I always do like a little bit of challenge, though. But, yeah, so, honestly, some really cool stuff with this, though. And, unfortunately, it's not all fine and dandy because, obviously, you, you know you know how Twitter is. People are going to find ways to complain about anything. I mean, when I mean anything, I mean anything. Because there were people out there that are, like, really responsive. And I feel like that was the mass majority of people, though. However, there were some people out there that were kind of not taking the news that well. I mean, there's some purists out there that really like the originals and nobody else. I do not know how the voices are like really close and similar. Said some rude things. I'm not going to repeat everything. I kind of saw it there on the internet. I mean, it's out there if you want to kind of look for it though. But there was like some biased opinions about um, some people and some opinions that are technically considered worse than that though. But other than that, those thoughts aside, I'm actually really looking forward to Sonic Prime whenever it launches, though. It is dropping out on Netflix. It's supposed to release, I believe, sometime this year, though. So, yeah, so honestly, we have some good stuff to look forward to, though. But, um, but yeah, that's basically it in terms of the Sonic Prime stuff. But I'll keep y'all updated if we get any more, like, brand new announcements or at least an actual launch date or release date, should I say, um, for this new series, though. But that's basically it in terms of the Sonic Prime news that we got right there, though. Now, next up. We did get the confirmation that the Xbox and Bethesda game showcase is going to be happening very soon. And it's literally going to be basically that same week that um that same week that E3 was normally supposed to happen. I mean, that's essentially um, the day that or the week that normally the E3 will happen. That's when we're getting this Xbox Bethesda game showcase. I believe they literally call it. I think I want to say the same thing as they did last year, though. So. Uh, and yeah, it is going to be on June the 12th. So yeah, so, you know, normally this year, unfortunately, there's no E3, but it seems like the announcements, the games and all that stuff is still going to be there in full swing. So you don't have to worry about that, at least for now, though. But with that is also the confirmation that um, Summer Game Fest as well is going to be um, returning as well. And we did get that confirmation as well. And that starts off on the Thursday of June the 9th. So if you think about it from Thursday, June the 9th, over to like the June the 12th, I mean, yeah, that's typical We um, that's typical um, E3 time because it's basically happened within like that, um, I'm pulling up my calendar right now, literally like that second week of June, to like the third week of June. So I think that's like right around the E3 time that normally will happen anyway, though. Now, real quick, I'm going to go ahead and try to share something on my screen. At least for y'all that are watching on the YouTube side of things, you'll be able to see this. If you're listening on the podcast side of things, though, um, you won't be able to see this unless you actually click that description box down below and actually bounce over to the YouTube side of things, though. But I did kind of want to showcase off 
all the different um, people that are actually going to be um, participating in the summer's game fest in terms of, you know, all the people that are going to be trying to support this with their games and stuff right there. So let me pull this up here real quick. All right. So I got, so I got the summer game fest 2022 pulled up right now, and I'm going to go ahead and scroll down to all of the different partners they have. So, so far they got 2k Activision, Amazon games. What the heck is Amazon even going to announce at this thing though? Um, on a Peruta? Like, what the heck? Anyway, Blizzard Entertainment, which is now technically tied with Xbox, Capcom, Devolver Digital, um, shoot, I never can pronounce this one, Dotimu, Dotimu, yeah, um, EA, Epic Games, Finji, Frontier, Gearbox, High Res Studios, Inner Sloth, bet you it's going to be something Among Us related with that one, um, Coach Media, or Koch? Coach Coach Koch, I don't know. Uh, Metatonic, MG Hoyo, Bandai Namco, Net Netflix. What the heck? Okay, whatever. Um, shoot, what the heck is this thing over here? Pizza Pizza Not Knox? Pizza Nix? Bruh. Raw Fury, Riot Games, Saber, Sega, PlayStation, which interestingly, PlayStation is back in the closest avenue. That's going to be kind of close to E3. So, yeah, so we are going to be expecting to see something like something from them within that week. Prime Gaming, Square Enix, Steam, Tencent Games, uh, TRFS, The Becca Vol 2021, something with A&T, oh, whatever. Uh, Ubisoft, Warner Brothers, uh, Wizards, and Xbox. So, literally, everybody that you could possibly think that normally would be on that E3 catalog is actually going to be here for um summer game fest everybody but the big omission that being nintendo but nintendo's nintendo and they like to do their own thing and it's, it's weird with jeff Keighley because even though nintendo's not really within like their list of partners whenever they always do the summer game fest he's always quick to throw out a tweet and say oh hey look here's the nintendo presentation and then they're kind of quick to talk about stuff anyway even though they're not considered as an official partner for him though but yeah so basically Based upon everything we're seeing with this, I wouldn't imagine that. Um, I wouldn't imagine that even though we don't have E3, everything should be kind of be treated the same. So, yeah, so honestly, we have some stuff to look forward to. Um, here in the upcoming summer months, starting June onward, they might try to carry this out for like all of June into July, maybe a little bit in August though. But the big hype month would probably be June because I'm pretty sure most people are going to drop their stuff around that traditional E3 time anyway, though. So yeah, so that kind of gave us a quick little look into uh, some of the stuff for Summer Game Fest, though. So yeah, so honestly, we, we, have, some, we have some interesting stuff to look forward to. So yeah, so don't, don't worry. Don't worry. E3 might be canceled. But hey, the announcements and stuff, they're still going to be there um, for everybody to be able to kind of watch and be able to view um, for their own, though. So yeah, so honestly, some really good stuff right there, though. And that's pretty much all the news that I have, at least for Summer Game Fest, as well as the Xbox Bethesda Showcase. I don't think they're going to show, I mean, they're going to show and bring out some stuff for Bethesda, though. Um, I know they're going to have at least one, maybe two big AAA games that they might be ready for for Xbox, though. But outside of that, that I don't know what else they might actually kind of bring for that, though. But it'll be kind of interesting, because we know they've been buying up studios left and right. And I think this is actually going to be the first E3. Um, it's a, It'll be the first E3 for them since they acquired 
um, the Activision Blizzard stuff. I don't think that fully has gone through 100%, but I think fully for a while that they kind of been sitting on it, though, Bethesda thing is actually going to be like a real big push. So we're kind of have to see um, exactly what they got in store for us there, though. <laughs> But yeah, so outside of that, that's pretty much it in terms of that. So we'll go ahead and move over to the last major bit of news that I had up here on the docket for tonight. That being Embracer actually managed to buy Square Enix. Well, I say that. Not really fully, though. Because technically, they bought off most, not all, but I will say most, of all of the uh, the Western division stuff that Square Enix has done. Because normally, we know Square Enix to be the people famous for Kingdom Hearts, your Final Fantasies. Um, I said Kingdom Hearts, your Final Fantasies. I mean, shoot, even, like, even like the Mana games, or shoot, like the, your HD 2D series and stuff like that, though. Your Dragon Quest, etc. Those are, or your Nears. They're known for all those Eastern um, IPs that originally originated in Japan. That's what Square Enix is known for, the true bread and butter stuff. However, the stuff over there in the West, not too much. But it's interesting to see the stuff that they actually managed to sell off um, to the Embracer group over here. Because I was like, it was kind of interesting. And it kind of really did kind of catch me off guard. Because some of the stuff that they actually managed to sell off, one of them being Tomb Raider, which I was like, wait, what the heck? Like, Tomb Raider? I was like, I know most of your Western stuff isn't too hot nowadays, though. But I'm like, for the but the fact that you sold Tomb Raider, though, I was like, that kind of made me scratch my head a little bit. They also um, inquired Crystal Dynamics, Edios Montreal, Square Enix Montreal, and a catalog of IPs, including, like I already mentioned, Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, Legacy of King and more than like 50 back catalog games from Square Enix holdings though. So now the real big quicker is like kicker is like, well, how much did they sell this for? And actually looking at it, they actually sold it for $300 million. And what most people kind of been kind of taking or been kind of thinking online, that's not nearly as much money. It kind of seems cheap in the long, uh, in the long scheme of things though. Because most people were like, well, shoot, you probably sold that for a lot more, though. But when you go back and look at some of the failures and stuff that they have from some of the Western divisions um, and stuff, they actually did manage to lose, was it $200 million worth from the Avengers game? Because unfortunately, from everything I heard from most people, though, they literally kind of put like a Destiny spin up on it. And from what I heard... For most people, the single-player campaign up until a certain point felt good. It kind of felt like Guardians of the Galaxy. But then once you hit a certain point after that, that was it. It was like they kind of dumped in some of the Destiny elements. It kind of felt like a different game. That hasn't been sitting well with people, and thus we kind of saw the game kind of flop majorly um, across the board or whatever, though. So you normally would think, oh, um, you know, Marvel has blessed us to actually use their license or whatever, though, to be able to make a certain games like Avengers. You think you pull in a lot of money. And it just sucks to see them butcher that game so bad where it actually drove them $200 million in debt. So them actually selling off most of these Western IPs as well as some of these studios and stuff for $300 million actually kind of, you know, got them back out of that um, that debt of them losing that much money. And um, so they've been able to kind of recover from that. So at least from that point perspective, it's actually fairly good. So, I, you know, so kudos to them on that, though. 
But it really does make you think. Tomb Raider games, I think they they always sell in the millions. I'm just kind of surprised that was just kind of on their list right there, though. I don't know, though. And then, obviously, since we're already talking about how Embracer brought, bought some of their IPs as well as some of their studios from Square Enix, there's been a rumor going around that Sony, out of all people, might actually sit down and try to buy Square Enix. And to that, I say... Please, 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 oh, please do not let this happen because Square Enix can make a lot of cool games. Some of them big old AAA games like your Final Fantasy VII remakes that can traditionally come out to your PlayStation systems. But every now and then they always have like a smaller 2D studio that will go through and make your HD 2D games, whether that's your Octopath Travelers or that's your Triangle Strategies and whatnot, though. And now Live Alive coming up soon, and we know they're going to make the Dragon Quest 3 in the HD 2D um in the HD 2D series though. So yeah, so they can do some really cool stuff from the PlayStation side of things and then also bring some really cool exclusives to the Nintendo side of things because I think most of the PlayStation audience, while yes, you're gonna have some people that buy those kind of games, not everybody is gonna kind of buy those kind of games though. So I do like the diversity and a little bit of flexibility that Square Enix has or they're able to stay as a true third party and kind of give different experiences to different consoles of their choice. So that, in that regard, I really do want Square Enix to still remain a third party. I don't necessarily want Sony buying them because, man, that would be terrible. Because if Sony buys Square Enix, though, imagine like your world ends with you, your Neo world ends with you, your triangle strategy, your live alive and all of that kind of stuff, though, um, like Okami HD or whatever. Though. I mean, why, why did I say Okami? That's Capcom, but you get the, you get the picture though. Um, all those kind of games that are kind of like exclusive or that had like a really good home on the Switch being tied up to just only PlayStation consoles, and then if for some reason that those games kind of flop because maybe the PlayStation audience doesn't like those as much, you won't get like those you know weird or kind of unique kind of experiences though. Because Triangle Strategy, at least for me, has literally been probably it's it's on my list for contender for game of the year like that's how much of an impact that game has left me even after i finished it after i ran through the game once and then did it again for um a new game plus to get the golden ending like i really love that game though so honestly everything i've been seeing here i really do hope that i really do hope that square Enix does not manage to sell at least be fully bought out like whoever buys them buys everything from them um, at least now in the immediate future, though. At least that's what I'm truly hoping for right here, though. But y'all got to let me know, whether it be in the comment section down below or if you just at me on Twitter or whatever, though. Do you really think that Sony or that Sony is going to buy or shoot anybody is going to buy a Square Enix from them? Y'all just got to let me know because I just it's been rumbling around. But it's in the heavy rumor mill. I honestly don't think that's going to be the case. I feel like Square Enix is still doing fine, especially if they managed to recover from some of their debt. Because, I mean, Final Fantasy XIV for Nev has been holding up tremendously well. And um, honestly, if it weren't for Final Fantasy XIV and that recurring revenue they're always getting, who knows where Square Enix might possibly be at right now, though. But it, it's always weird with Square Enix. How, like, they have some high highs and then they have some low lows. With like, because you know, like they have a game like Triangle Strategy come up. Then you have a game like Avengers that drops down real low though, and then you and then you turn around and have like your Final Fantasy VII remake or whatever though, and then um, and then you come around with like a Battle of Wonder World or something like that. It's just weird. Like Square Enix is like 
a ride of roller coasters or whatever though like they're tried and true most popular stuff final fantasy square i mean final fantasy um kingdom hearts dragon quest that stuff consistently stays high stays well but then you have their other stuff like that where it can be a little more experimental or just the first thing of the series like an avengers game or whatever it's just a shame how avengers bombed so badly but then they came around and made Marvel's Gardens of the Galaxy. That game is phenomenal, but it didn't live up to the expectations of what they wanted to sell for that game, probably due to how off-putting the Avengers game was. That's just really sad to me, though. But yeah, so that's basically it in terms of all the gaming news that I had to discuss with y'all tonight, though. So quite a bit of stuff. But yeah, so yeah. Whew, goodness, man, I'm tired. I'm real tired. But I got I got to keep pushing through because we're not done yet. We're just about to get to some good juicy stuff here in just a bit, though. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump over to our next topic on the show. That being so about that show. All right. So there's a lot of stuff I've been actually watching here recently. Some stuff that I've been, you know, actually really been enjoying. And, you know, lately, we know that there's been a brand new season of anime that has recently came out. And with it being the spring season now, um, there, there, there's a lot of shows I've been going through and watching on Crunchyroll. Because, you know, um, for most people that probably know by now, uh, Funimation has merged with Crunchyroll. And now basically anything that's like Funimation wise is being all dumped and being merged into Crunchyroll. So, um, here in just a bit, I'm going to go ahead, for all y'all that might be watching on the YouTube side of things, I'm going to go ahead and pull up my uh, my watch list history for everything that I've been currently watching right now. There we go. For everything I've been watching for this season so far. I think I already talked about Spy Family within this segment last week in the, in the last podcast episode, though. But not to elaborate on it too, far, too much, but if there's any anime to watch from this season alone, I will have to say it is Spy Family because it's just something about it. It's just pure. It's wholesome. But at the same time, there's like some really good action moments and stuff like that. I mean, the father from the mother to the daughter all playing off of each other, even though they're not really considered like father, mother, daughter. You'll kind of understand it um, if you actually watch the episode or whatever, though, because it just so happened to work out in their best interest to kind of play those roles to kind of accomplish everything from the spy to the assassin, to the little girl that somehow has like telepathy powers. I don't even know how. That's just the only weirdest thing out there, though. But it just somehow works. So if you hadn't already tried that um, series, though, I highly recommend it. Highly, highly, highly recommend it, though. But yeah, that's just one little show that I have up on here, though. Uh, another one I just recently watched, literally yesterday, was A Couple of Cuckoos. And there's a, there's a few... Um, romantic comedy um, shows that are out here for the spring anime season. But this one right here kind of hits a different way because a short little synopsis is, and I can't really say too much because I only saw like the first episode though. Apparently there was this dude and there was this other girl and they managed to kind of meet each other or whatever though. Um, and apparently the dude had been switched at birth. Like, that's kind of crazy to think about it, like being switched from birth or whatever, though. But anyway, he was switched from birth, should be meeting his actual biological parents. But actually ran into this other girl and kind of hanged out with her for like the majority of the day. She kind of set him up because uh, some incident happened. I won't say exactly what, but it was actually kind of pretty funny, though. Um, 
where she was like, all right, you're going to have to pretend to be my boyfriend because uh, she had like an engaged um, marriage or whatever, though. She's trying to get out of it. So maybe the thought of Sean, her, her parents, a boyfriend would actually kind of say, you know what? Um, let's go ahead and um, cancel off that that marriage or whatever, though. So, yeah. So honestly, it was kind of interesting. But then once they actually came around to it, then it winds up being that those two were actually the ones switched at birth. So now the arranged marriage is technically between those two, which is kind of weird, though. I don't know. It just works. That anime is going to have 24 episodes. It's the only one on my actual watch list where I actually have, like, it's actually going to be 24 episodes. I think everything else on here is about 12 or 13-ish episodes, your traditional length. So this one actually lasting for the length of, like, two seasons. It's actually really cool because maybe they'll be able to tell its full story, though. So, yeah, so that's the most recent one I watched. Uh, Love is War Season 3 Ultra, Ultra Romantic. That one right there, oh, shoot. You're talking about some really good comedy, the way how characters are all kind of um, playing off of each other real well. Highly, highly, highly recommend that one. But obviously, you can't jump straight into that. You got to watch the previous two seasons, though. But honestly, that's been a really fun blast. I think it's like literally my second or third. I think it's like my second most anticipated anime to watch from week to week right underneath Spy Family. Then there's Data Live Season 4. What can I say? You got a little bit of fan service up in there. You got a bunch of fine little girls up. Why did I say little? You got a bunch of fine girls up in there, I will say, though. Anyway, though, if, if you like, if you like, um, gosh, I don't even know how to describe this without it going crazy off the deep, <laughs> off the deep end. If you like an anime where it's like some dudes, and it's almost like a harem, but it's not technically considered like a harem, like, um, like High School DxD or whatever, though. But yeah, it's a weird kind of story, but it just somehow works where he literally has to go around dating these girls that are spirits because otherwise, if they don't seal off their powers, or whatever, they can kind of bring like mass destruction to the world. It just somehow works. Me and my and my good friend Sylvia, you know, we're, we're kind of big fans of the series, though. I know he watches the manga and stuff like that. Really nice show right there, though. Uh, another one I've been watching is, uh, I, don't, I don't even know how the heck they managed to actually say this name. Aharen son wa see this is why I like English names like I can't do this mess but Aharen son I'm just gonna leave it as that basically it's this girl that's kind of like soft spoken and literally she has to get real close to this dude in her class all the time just to be able to communicate because she's that soft spoken though but it's just kind of funny the way how these two kind of play off of each other I mean it kind of it's almost implied that there could be some kind of romantic kind of feelings that could be between her and him but it's not like really intense on it it's just kind of like a a pure anime like it, it's just kind of pure bliss like you know everything about it is just kind of nice kind of laid back it's, it's kind of closer to the slice of life and i'm not normally like a big fan of slice of life though but it just somehow works that's just another show i've been watching uh speeding things up a little bit skeleton knight in another world it's not quite like um like Overlord, if you're thinking about it like that, because it's like a skeleton dude with armor, OP stats, and everything like that, though. It's not nothing like that, but it is, it is kind of funny. He is a little overpowered, though, and if you just kind of like those kind of animes where it's almost, it's like, almost like an isekai, because he, originally he wasn't like in the real world or whatever, and then kind of got summoned into this world or whatever, and he's... He doesn't remember the process of actually being summoned, but he's just kind of in the game, just living it. Then yeah, that, that might be one to watch. Another one is Shiki Mori's um is not just a cutie. This is the one I'm kind of feeling a little bit mixed on because the fact that while yes, 
this anime is showcasing off um these couple that are actually already boyfriend girlfriend so it's not like the rom-com where it's like they're trying to slowly get closer or closer to each other and then actually tying the knot and actually having a relationship the relationship is already there it's just how those two actually kind of play off of each other though so if you're kind of interested in that kind of anime you might be willing to give it a shot i need to watch a couple more episodes to kind of figure out exactly where i stand on it though because at least for me it's like the role the gender roles have actually kind of flipped because like a lot of times the dude does certain things or it's like he always has the need to be protected by shikimori who shikimori is kind of like a little more it's not like really aggressive but it's a tad bit more aggressive or whatever though um towards um just protecting him in a general sense you'll kind of know what i'm talking about after you watch the first episode though but that's all i'm basically gonna say on that though i got a few more shows to talk about um shield hero season two i think that was the most anticipated anime that i had to watch for this brand new anime season and honestly only got to see one episode so far because i'm primarily a dub watcher i watch a little bit of things so but primarily i watch stuff dub and um with shield hero season two Gosh, they took their good long sweet old time to actually make this season two though but it seems like the main premise for this season is they're gonna have to actually stop this um what i can't even remember what the name of the creature is off the top of my head though but it gotta stop it's like some kind of creature that basically stopped the summoning waves because normally there's like a countdown that counts down towards another wave coming and all of the heroes you know the shield hero the sword the the sword, the spear, as well as the archery person. All those here are supposed to, you know, unite together to kind of defeat these waves or whatever, though. But it is taking a little twist, and they're actually kind of, you know, fighting another creature instead since the, the waves actually kind of stop, at least momentarily, though. But interestingly enough, I'm kind of seeing... I'm, I'm curious to see how this season will play out because we do have a brand new girl with green hair or whatever, though. So I'm kind of curious to see how well or how capable she can actually play into the whole entire role um along with um philo who's literally the best girl i won't accept any other answer from it though and then obviously raftalia and then you know a couple other ones i think he's probably gonna meet along the way interestingly enough for the english dub voice actor now for me he actually has a voice actor change due to the fact that the original person actually has cancer or you know the dub actor the english dub actor has cancer so right now they had to actually get a different voice actor though so sending you good vibes man i hope you do recover and um i hope you do manage to bounce back though and hope hopefully your health condition improves though but other than that the person that's filling in for your shoes he's doing a phenomenal job and he's actually he almost has that voice down to like a lock like you can tell there's a little bit of difference but there's not quite drastically a, a big difference though um, moving on, you have the, the greatest demon lord um, who becomes basically like a typical nobody. Uh, that one's actually been kind of fun. It, it's been kind of funny and hilarious because you know how it is with like like with a demon being reincarnated or whatever. Though kind of reminds me of how not to summon a demon lord. Like you know those demon lords or whatever. Though they're like OP, really powerful and stuff like that. Though, and it's just kind of funny to see how he's trying to keep a low profile because he doesn't want to kind of live the same life as what he did in his past life. But it just so happens to be him meeting this girl, actually having some, um, having an actual connection uh, with this girl, and then it, you know, leads to them going to school, and then 
you know, you know how it is with it in anime. If they go to school or whatever, though, you're trying to be OP and you have like natural enemies that come either attack the school or attack the nearby towns or whatever, though. Tension is kind of gets brought up to you, though. And man, this dude already has like two women by his side that you probably could marry at both the same time. Because like one of the girls would say, hey, why don't we just have a harem with this dude? I'm like, golly, these dudes, man, just looking out over here, though. Anyway, though, um, and then literally almost had like a princess who literally says, hey, I'm willing to marry you, too. I think that was before she figured out maybe this um, harem thing might actually come to be or whatever. I don't know. This dude's just a dude this is a chick magnet I don't, I don't know how but anyway though if, you, if you're just looking to have this a fun time not like anything plot heavy um recommend that one right there though uh another one i've been watching is the tamadachi game which with that one i will say with with that show you it's interesting because technically like yeah like a group of friends who were supposedly like best buds or whatever though literally they're all saving up for a trip for the whole classroom and Lily had this one girl was responsible for taking care of two million yen, right? Sticks it in her locker. All of a sudden, it is gone. And then the whole class is upset because, shoot, that's like almost like 60,000 ish or something like that yen per person, which was like a crap ton of money. I can't remember exactly how it translates out into like US dollars or anything like that, though. Long story short, um they they wanted to play this tomodachi game because somebody recommended them playing this and it's kind of a way to kind of get out of their debt and by basically splitting up that two million debt between all five of them and now they're trying to figure out who the traitor is once you get a few episodes in you actually know who the the traitor is so i guess right now we're at the point of kind of figuring out exactly who or not who but whether or not um, the rest of the crew is able to figure out who that traitor is. So it is kind of interesting. It was kind of like almost like a spy, not spy, kind of like a mystery related um, show, but then it kind of threw the mystery out the window. So I'm not sure exactly how the, um, it's going to play out from here on though. But yeah, so that's basically it in terms of that. And then fairy tale, I'm just rewatching that. So that doesn't really count. The Dawn of the Witch, I won't say too much on that because uh, it might be one I'm kind of closer to dropping I don't know. I maybe I'll give an update next next time I have this segment or whatever though. And then last but not least, I will say that trapped in a dating sim. At first, I was kind of mixed on it. I did not know exactly where they were going to take the show at um, originally though. But the more and more I started watching this, it just got slowly better and better throughout the throughout the episodes they've been kind of going through and doing. And I was like, what the heck? And it was weird because I guess in this society they have like gender different or gender difference. You know, typically how when in like our society, like males usually have most of the power. They're not. It's not all. It's not nearly as bad as what it used to be like years ago. But usually males are the, the predominant people. In this anime, is different. It's the females that are more predominant than over the males. And it, and it's weird how like I guess this dude is basically like. He got summoned into a game that he actually had to play for his sister. So it's basically like another isekai um, related anime, though. But everything that is normally what happened traditionally in the game itself is actually playing out differently because I think there's an actual another player that's similar to him that probably got summoned into this game as well. It's basically kind of twisting the game to their own kind of benefit though so it's not playing out exactly how the game normally will play out though the dude is noticing it though but yeah he's, he's building up some um allies and stuff like that so honestly I, it was an anime i was kind of feeling very mixed on and now i'm actually feeling very positive and i'm actually kind of looking forward to every time they're releasing a new episode though but yeah so pretty much 
that is basically all the the new anime shows that I've been going through and watching um, for this season, though. So quite a bit of stuff I've been watching anime-wise. And, and it kind of... I know it's been a while since I actually did, like, anime reviews because I used to do that on my channel, though. But I do kind of like to talk about anime every now and then. And I feel like the podcast is kind of my avenue to be able to talk about it, at least in the what you've been on. So about that show segment, though. So, yeah, so it was nice to go through and talk about that, though. But let me know down in the comment section down below or at me on Twitter any kind of um, shows that you've been watching or if you've been watching some of the same shows as me and you just kind of want to give your own thoughts on these shows or maybe there's one that I didn't necessarily cover and you thought it was a really good one and you're trying to convince me to actually try it because it... You know, if there happens to be one, I happen to see it on the comments on the on the YouTube side of things for this one um, podcast episode, I might go ahead and try it and then might be able to get my thoughts on it within the next episode, um, within the next two weeks, though. So, yeah, so I will that leave that open for whoever actually managed to reply to it um, first down in the comment section down below on the YouTube side of things on this podcast, though. But that's basically going to do it in terms of so that about that show segment so we move over to one of the last segments of the night that being what you've been playing all right so here lately i'm actually looking over here at my playstation and stuff like that um lately i've been playing well actually the the latest game that has been that has came out has been switch sports and honestly i've been enjoying that one quite a bit because I've been mainly primarily doing tennis and bowling. Those are like my big breads and butters um, in terms of um, my favorite sports on that game, though. I have played a little bit of soccer. I think soccer is like the, that big, surprising sport that's like the most entertaining. The one that was kind of out there, I was like, I didn't think it would be operate that well, but it was actually kind of cool. Um, I did like that one. Uh, what was it Chimbara? That's the one I'm not too excitedly um excited for. It was one of the ones that was available for that um that network test, the one that the ninjas were like really strict about and were saying, hey, you can't say nothing about this or whatever though. But yeah, I played that one. That one's not too hot. Volleyball is all about timing. If you like timing and timing up the stuff just right, then maybe you're a fan of that. But I wasn't too incredibly um, you know, super hyped about that. Badminton, out of all of those, um, well, minus the soccer, out of the other ones I've just mentioned so far, I think badminton is probably better than most of them, but obviously not better than bowling or tennis because badminton basically plays like tennis. It's just a little different because it's like it's more intensive, more back and forth because you're dealing with like a small court. So it's like miniature version of um, miniature version of tennis. So in that kind of regard, it is pretty cool. But once you kind of learn the controls for the game, though, I think that's when the game kind of starts um, popping off right there. Though. So, yeah, so honestly, I've been having a fun little time on that. I think right now I'm ranked at, like, is it D or D minus? I'm either at D or D. Wait. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's D or D minus. For a second, I thought it was C. But I didn't make it quite high that yet, though. But yeah, I'm at D or D minus right now, ranked with tennis. And then, shoot, it's going to be hard to raise my bowling um, rank up because the fact that you're always playing against that many people within like a battle royale setting, I mean, it can be easy getting out of the first round, though. But then once you kind of get into the second round, though, things get a little tougher. I ain't going to lie, though. But yeah, so that's predominantly what I've been playing in terms of that was like brand new. 
Also on the side, I've been picking up and playing a little bit more Splatoon 2. I've been playing with my good friend Bronto, and I've also been playing with Martyr here recently when he's been streaming and stuff like that, doing some duos with leagues with both of them. Just trying to kind of stay fresh up on the Splatoon side of things, so that way uh, when Splatoon 3 comes out, hey, I'm all good and ready and ripping and ready to roll, though. But yeah, so that's most of the stuff I did. I, bit of did. I did a little bit of Smash Brothers here and there, though. I'll just pick it up, play a few ranked modes, and then... Uh, uh, why did I say rank? A few uh, online matches, and you know, just pick, you know, pick up and play, just casual kind of setting, whatever. Though, and then also, I think the last thing I think I recently played was uh, I did start up Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. I played a little bit of it, um, a little more of it last night, and that's what I've been kind of working through right now. Because at least on my Kingdom Hearts adventure right now. Dream Drop Distance is that last main game that I need to go through and play because after that, it's the Union Cross movie, which I think is like a two-hour thing or whatever, though. And then um, it's the Burp I Sleep 0.2, which I heard it for most people. I think it's like a three-hour experience. It can be a little shorter than that, though. It's more like a prologue that kind of leads into Kingdom Hearts 3. So really, Dream Drop Distance is the last major game that's in the way before I have to do like a watching experience and a quick um, gaming session that I literally almost could stream all in one go before I'll be ready to do Kingdom Hearts 3. So yeah, so that's where I'm at in the Kingdom Hearts adventure right now. And that's the main game I'm playing on the PlayStation side of things. Because I do know once I get done with Kingdom Hearts 3, or right before I play Kingdom Hearts 3, I do have Ghost of Tsushima that I need to knock out. And then after that, I would be done with all the PlayStation games. But thankfully, um, the new PlayStation Plus um, system is going to be dropping out within the month of June. So literally, we're almost about a month away. And I know with that, with me being the premium tier, since I took I took advantage of that PlayStation, um, the PlayStation Now, since PlayStation Now will be converted straight into PlayStation Premium. I bought like the one year thing back in April. So technically, I should have 10 months um of the premium tier um, from the second they launched that out. So that will give me access to playing PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, as well as some of the classic stuff like the PS1, 2, and um, PSP stuff. So hopefully that will give me a good lot of PS4 and PS5 games to try out, things that I knew that I kind of wanted to try, but it will save me some money from actually buying it myself. So yeah, so that's what I'm looking forward to on the PlayStation side of things. Though. So right now, kind of chilling on the th Nintendo front, just trying to knock out some of my PlayStation backlog for at least for the time being, because I do know from the month of June, whenever that does roll around, it's going to be high time ready to um, play some, it's either Mario Strikers or it's, um, it's either Mario Strikers or it's Fire Emblem Three Hopes. I'm trying to remember which one comes out first. Yeah, because I always have to go, yeah. Yeah, so Mario Strikers Battle League is the one that comes out first. That comes out on June the 10th. So I have now until almost basically what would be that week of E3, what normally would be it. So we, I guess now we can technically say the, the week of Summer Game Fest. I have between now and then to go through and play through any of my PlayStation games or anything else I have on my backlog at the moment. But yeah, so I have between now and then to be able to knock out as many of my backlog and as many of the stuff I want to kind of play before I'm going to be in that Switch room because we're going from Mario Strikers to Fire Emblem Three Hopes. Later in July, um, later in July, then I got the live live, and then you have Fire Emblem. Oh, not Fire Emblem. Yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles Three. That almost is gonna last me for like, even though it comes out until in July, lasting all throughout August. 
And then September is going to be um, Splatoon 3, and I know I'm going to play that for like the whole month of September. So I do know once June comes, it's going to be like high switch effect for like the next three months or something like that, though. So yeah, so I am looking forward to it, and I'm going to try to get as much stuff knocked out on the PlayStation side that I possibly can, though. But yeah, so outside of that, that's pretty much all the stuff I've been going through and playing here recently, and um, that basically does it in terms of all the stuff that I had to talk about uh, within my Zarkast episode 32. So yeah, so quite a bit of stuff that happened within this within these past couple of weeks. That major one being uh, Square Enix kind of selling off most of their stuff, though. I mean, oh, shoot. I, I certainly wasn't expecting that, though. But hopefully that's not an omen of things to come in terms of like other companies, even outside of Square Enix, um, being bought or having certain stuff sold off from them, though. So, yeah. So, honestly, a lot of cool stuff that happened within these past couple of weeks, though. But that's basically going to do it in terms of this um, Zarkat. In terms of the Zarkas episode 32, though. So, yeah, so whew, managed to get through another one. Unfortunately, it is going to be a little closer to the shorter side of things. It is a little harder to stretch these things out when, when, when I don't have some of my other crew, which I think most of them were kind of tied up for tonight, though. But I did feel kind of good that I managed to get this kind of, um, this one last episode out, um, before, shoot, I get really busy with some of my, um, personal stuff. Got to, travel out of town, visit, um, you know, visit some family and stuff, graduations and stuff. So I will be pretty busy when in this next upcoming week though, but don't worry, the content and stuff won't change on the channel because I have all of that stuff scheduled to drop for its premieres and its release dates and stuff as if like I never left. So at least you don't have to worry about it on that side of things though. But other than that, that's gonna do it in terms of my Zarkas episode 32. So if you really like this video, make sure to go ahead and hit that like button, go ahead and hit the subscribe button and that bell, stay up to date on all things video game related. I feel like talking about and discussing for the foreseeable future. If you happen to be one of my viewers that happen to be listening to this on my podcast server, whether that be Apple, Google, Spotify, or even Amazon Music, make sure to go ahead and hit that like, go ahead and give a review, just let me know exactly how well did you like this one episode and, and all the different content I had covered up inside of this one episode, though. But that's basically going to do it in terms of this episode, though. So remember, y'all, until the next Zarkast episode 33, I'll see y'all later.